Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I love Abraham Lincoln. I am a fan. I am a devotee. I uh, am absolutely given to studying the life of Abraham Lincoln. And I'd like to talk today, this podcast is being recorded on February 12th, Lincoln's birthday. I'd like to talk today about Lincoln's personal legacy. We, we all know the public Lincoln. We know the Lincoln of humor. We know the Lincoln of the unusual physical appearance, the messy clothes, the gaunt face, the tall stooped uh, body. We, we, we know the Lincoln of astonishing literary accomplishments, the young boy who uh, taught himself through a, an aggressive program of self-education and then continued to grow intellectually throughout his life until he not only uh, was a brilliant mind, but a man who gave some of the speeches that are the greatest in the history of English literature and oratory. Um, we know the Lincoln of great compassion, the one who uh, freed deserters from the Union Army and, uh, and wanted to treat the South compassionately after the war. Uh, we, we know the Lincoln of the troubled marriage. We know the Lincoln of uh, so many different, uh, the, so many public Lincolns. Uh, he inspires us. He challenges us. He, he calls us forward. He was troubled and yet victorious, and he kept a nation together at a horrible time. We also know the Lincoln of controversy. Uh, whether you've read my book on Lincoln, Lincoln's Battle with God, or, or other books, you know that he uh, was a man who had troubles and, uh, and may well have overstepped his bounds constitutionally and, and suffered troubles all throughout his life. But the, the Lincoln legacy I'd like to honor today on this particular February 12th, this particular birthday, uh, is, is a legacy that is not unlike the hidden legacies of other great men and women. I have a, a theory that when people have to endure and overcome hardship early in their lives, that it, it is what actually makes them great. It's the anvil on which they are fashioned. Uh, it's, the, it's what gives them moral fiber, moral, moral strength. It's what allows them to accomplish great things. I think Churchill became great uh, of course, I believe, you know, because God ordains and calls people to such things, but but also because he suffered horribly in his early life, largely uh, the, the spite of his father, which led to a lifelong battle with depression. He called them his black dogs, uh, the times of depression that would come. As I've said many times, when he was a prime minister of England, he did not want to stay in a room with a balcony on it. He was afraid that a, a depression would hit and he might throw himself off. But But Abraham Lincoln, though we don't talk about it much, uh, was a man who had perhaps an even greater battle of soul that allowed him to become a great soul and thus a great leader in the world. Lincoln suffered horribly from depression. Now, depression is something we're beginning to understand a bit more of in our generation. I don't, I've never been troubled by it. I've had my sad nights, my dark periods, but but I think we understand that depression is not just an emotional state, though it certainly appears so, it presents as such, but it is also a chemical problem in the body. I have friends who seem just at the edge of suicide until they simply correct a chemical imbalance in their body through medication, and they're perfectly fine. Uh, so we know more about it. I'm grateful that we do. We no longer consider it insanity. But in Lincoln's age, it was a, a really, a really horrible thing to endure, and Lincoln endured it, perhaps more than most. 
Abraham Lincoln was a man, uh, the phrase always comes to mind when I think of Lincoln that was used of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53. He was a man acquainted with sorrows. Uh, From the earliest days of his life, he endured horrible suffering and horrible loss. And it marked him. It marked him all of his life. Uh, His mother died when he was nine. Uh, he was often abandoned by his father uh, in one episode. They, he and his sister spent nearly a year in the care of a cousin who was just a few years older than them. They were out on the frontier. They were afraid of Indians. They were poorly fed, poorly cared for. By the time the father got back with a new wife, the father being Thomas Lincoln, um, the children, uh, which of course, one of which was a young Abraham, were dirty and scrawny and skeletal and f- fearful Imagine how that marks a young man's soul. So not only did Lincoln's mother die horribly, uh, of course, right in front of him when he was nine years old, but he, he suffered long periods of abandonment. Um, his, in fact, one of his memories was of actually making the, the casket for his mother, and then that preceded this lengthy period of abandonment that I've mentioned. His, um, his other relatives died of the same milk sickness that his mother died of, um, his sister died when Abraham was 16. He fell in love with a woman, Ann Rutledge, and she died within months of him meeting her and falling in love with her. Um, when he married uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, he had sons. He would lose two sons in his life, uh, dying horribly to disease. Um, and a, a third would die after he passed. But, uh, but nevertheless, he endured two horrible deaths of his children. And his wife, who was a little bit mentally imbalanced, would grieve in such a way that it would only deepen his grief. If you saw the movie, you know that we have the character Abraham Lincoln turning to Mary Todd and saying, when you grieve, there's no room for any of the rest of us. You take up all the room with your inconsolable grief. It's a beautifully written passage. Uh, So what what we believe happens is that this early death, as one psychologist has said, this experience with early deaths, Um, builds up a reservoir of grief that stays sort of beneath the ground, subterranean, and then surfaces later in life and can come out in very unhealthy ways. What we know, though, is that by the time Abraham Lincoln was in his 20s, though he was a young man on the make, as they used to say, he was rising, he was, uh, you know, a lawyer, and he was elected to the Tennessee, I'm sorry, the uh, Illinois legislature, and, and he was beginning to make his mark in the world. At the same time, Uh, He had such bouts of depression that his friends would go on suicide watch. Um, Many of his friends would record in their journals that uh, they would have to lock Lincoln in his room, take away the razors, have somebody watching him at all times. This happened two or three times. Um, Why? Well, again, very likely this reservoir of grief. Lincoln said himself he was haunted by the thought of rain falling on graves, and we know that he was haunted by that his whole life. Um, He also thought in his early life that he had contracted syphilis, and he feared for what that might mean. Uh, In fact, if he did indeed endure biochemical depression, it's very possible, so we're told by experts, that uh, that the syphilis may have helped to to contribute to it. Uh, He came from a family known for mental troubles. Uh, Both sides of his family, his mother's side, his father's side, uh, had uh, mental difficulties. Uh, so he may, it may have been an, an inherited thing, but but the point is that Lincoln, uh, brilliant though he was, fought horrible times of depression and often thought of killing himself. In fact, after he was a successful lawyer and in the Illinois legislature, uh, he wrote a poem, uh, which which is you know easily accessed online, uh, in which he talked about killing himself. In fact, he wrote as a character uh, that had 
killed himself. Sometimes it got to be rather funny. He, uh, he was asked by a young girl, uh, just eight or nine years old, to sign her, his, her autograph book. He could, his, his depression, though, was spilling over. He couldn't keep himself from writing the following, to Rosa, you are young and I am older. You are hopeful, I am not. Enjoy life ere it grows colder. Pluck the roses ere they rot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's comical, but it's sad. All he's asked to do is sign his signature, and he can't help but writing a depressing, absolutely depressing little bit of verse uh, to an eight-year-old, nine-year-old girl. This is what Lincoln endured. Uh, it's important for us to factor this into his greatness. You know, there are times in some lives when simply getting out of bed is an act of great heroism. There are times in some lives where holding a razor and using it to shave rather than open a vein is an act of great heroism, great righteousness. It's a great victory. And we should not rush quickly to the latter part of a Winston Churchill's life or someone else's life of the same kind um, and forget what they had to overcome. In many, many cases, the fact is that great men and women become great because they have to master something about themselves first. And in Lincoln's case, he had to overcome poverty. He had to overcome lack of education. He had to overcome a harsh father uh, who worked him, as he said later in life, by, like a slave. Um, same with Churchill. Had to overcome a lisp. Had to overcome, again, a father hatred syndrome. But by overcoming them in their souls, by enduring the dark night of the soul, they became exceptional people. I'm concerned that the way we handle such episodes these days is, is, uh, tempts us to believe that we are tainted, that we are damned, doomed, um, that there is a curse upon us, that somehow we are damaged by these things permanently. But the reality is that they are in our lives that we might overcome them, and by overcoming them, that we might become exceptional people. I believe that Abraham Lincoln, though blessed by God with a fine mind and historical opportunity and, and, uh, and mentors and so on, uh, became an exceptional soul because he first overcame this horrible depression that I could continue describing by the hour. I mean, friends said he was the saddest man that they had ever seen. One person said that he, he dripped melancholy as he walked. Um, I could go on and on and on. He, he was depressed and fought depression his entire life. And think about the fact that while he endured uh, personal loss, in the sense of the deaths around him in his early life, when he was president, he would, he would hear the news and, in a sense, witness hundreds of thousands dying. Uh, Civil War historians now are speaking of about 700,000 casualties during the, uh, the, uh, the American Civil War. Lincoln had friends die. Uh, he would hear the casualty reports. He fought depression all the time. As you probably know from the, if the movie, if nothing else, um, he, he would walk the White House at night, uh, loping around the house. People could hear his footsteps, sadly, like a ghost. It was, like, it was a ghost-like experience for them because Lincoln would be walking around the, the White House unable to sleep, fighting off the depression that would debilitate him because he had gotten a new casualty report from the front. But what did he do? He found a new faith, uh, a faith new to him. He clung to his belief in a calling and a mission. He took, took sustenance and support in his soul from his loved ones. He read the great poetry, thought the great thoughts, uh, immersed himself in the great books, turned to the Bible. He, he became an inveterate Bible reader um, and uh, s- soaked in, in certain books that, that kept him 
alive with vision and purpose. He loved the book of Job, depressing on the front end, but then God, of course, at a point, uh, late in the story, shows up and says things that, that change the entire story, not only of Job, but for those of us who read it. Uh, it's, it's a powerful story of him scrapping, fighting tooth and nail, inch by inch through the darkness, night after night, to become someone exceptional. And that's why he's able, as a white man who, who had racist origins, to have compassion for slaves. It's why he rejected uh, pro-slavery theology. It's why he felt so compassionate about slavery. Um, it's why he treated the fearful and the cowards and the, the deserters well. It's why he wanted to heal the nation and reconcile with the South when the war was over. It's why he was gentle with children and and uh, forgiving of offense. Why? Because he had stood in the dark night of the soul, because he had stood in that depressive state apart from reality, apart from daily life, looking at it as though for, uh, as an outsider, looking at it as though through a glass, and uh, saw it for what it was, had a realistic view of it, but understood that love, compassion, gentleness, encouragement, these were the things that made life worth living and that could heal a soul. And he came to believe they could heal a nation too. And so I take nothing away from his technical knowledge. I take nothing away from his astonishing intellectual accomplishments. I take nothing away from his mastery of politics. Um, and certainly also try, I'm not in any way intent upon diminishing his, uh, his mistakes. He certainly made them. But the personal legacy of Abraham Lincoln is one that we ought to try to live out. We all have flaws. We all have deformities. Uh, we all have personality bents. Some of us have addictions. Some of us have biochemical uh, problems, including things like depression. Uh, some of us have, suffer from mental dysfunction. Uh, it does not mean that greatness is not possible. It does not mean that becoming a great soul is not possible. It does not mean that achieving the magnificent things that we are likely called to be in this life uh, is not possible. So as we remember Abraham Lincoln, let's not just remember a monument or a statue. Let's not just remember a, a, a photograph of a, of a grizzled face. Let's not just remember a few humorous stories and, uh, and some of the great words. All of that's valuable and much, much more. But let's also remember that Abraham Lincoln was a man who literally fought not to open a vein, literally fought not to put a bullet through his brain, literally fought not to kill himself, damage himself, because the darkness pressed in so closely around him and he saw no purpose in life. And as he recovered that purpose of life, as he fought for it, scratched for it, reached for it, prayed for it, uh, struggled in his soul for it, uh, he became a man who understood life and therefore helped to protect and liberate life in his public life. Public victory, public success, uh, public heroism is almost always uh, a result of private victories that the public never knows. And so as you're battling through whatever you're battling through in the dark night of your soul and in the privacy of your own heart, uh, be aware that this does not preclude you from fulfilling whatever the great destiny is for your life. This is the personal legacy of Abraham Lincoln. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author and popular speaker who coaches and advises leaders worldwide. To learn more about Stephen, log on to stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote and performed the Rockin' Podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production. 
Chartwell is ingeniously led by Beverly Darnell Mansfield. As a result, all rights are reserved. For more information, contact us through stephenmansfield.tv.